Hey, everybody. Evolving Humans is going on hiatus for the month of July, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to give you some content. I'm preparing some re-releases of my favorite episodes from the past year. Yes, one year. But more about that in a moment. You're going to hear about the importance of working with your dreams. I'm going to talk past lives and reincarnation with my mentor. And I have a conversation with my friend Tyler Koala, co-host of Journey to Truth podcast. And stay tuned on the last Wednesday of July to hear a rebroadcast of the most downloaded episode from our first year. To celebrate our first anniversary, the episode that will be released on August 2nd is another listener question episode. What better way to start our second year together? After all, Evolving Humans is all about you. I want to thank you for continuing to support Evolving Humans, and I look forward to hearing from you. And now, your first Best Of episode. Welcome to Evolving Humans. I'm your host, Julia Marie, and this podcast is for visionary people like you who are exploring the true nature of reality and want to contribute to the global awakening. You seek to deepen the connection to your multidimensional self so that you can live a more conscious life. On today's episode, I'm honored to have as my guest one of the most insightful, compassionate, and dedicated dream workers I know. Billy Ortiz is with us today. As a dream worker certified with Dr. Jeremy Taylor's Marin Institute for Projective Dreamwork, Billy has over two decades of experience creating and facilitating dream groups, workshops, and retreats. Her love of metaphor and symbol expands her work into the realm of myth and fairy tale. Thank you, Billy, for joining us today. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I'm really excited to get into a little bit of your background. How did you, how did the dream source find you, maybe, is a better way of putting it? Yeah, well, I, I, lo- I love to tell this story because um, I remember it so clearly. I was watching um, a marathon of Joseph Campbell lectures on one of the educational program stations here in, in the Denver area. And during one of the lectures he talks about, he says, um, you know, when you reach the age of 35, it's the middle of your life, no matter how long you live. And I was just about to turn 35. So I thought, oh, (laughs) I better get busy with something in my life. So I um, started looking into all different kinds of classes and trainings and went through many different classes, a, a myriad of things. And then I happened to stumble along this particular man named Dr. Brown Mesa. And um, I first class I took from him was an I Ching class. And I thought, this is really interesting. And I and that was great and learned a lot. And then at the end of the class, he said, you know, Billy, I have this class about dreams that you might be interested in. And I said, okay, you know, sounds like something fun to do on a Tuesday night. And um, I joined the group and I was there for nearly every Tuesday night for the next five years. And um, Ron and I, actually built a business together. And uh, we did a lot. This is way before Zoom or Skype or anything like that. This was like late 90s. So we um, hooked up a lot of dreamers across the country via bridge lines. This is Those are large capacity conference call lines. And we 
started uh, the Teledream Group, which was based on a dream that I had called Telephone Dream Service. And then everything just grew from there. And there were spinoffs of each of those groups. And all this time, I was reading the books of Jeremy Taylor. And um, really, every, every time I would read anything of Jeremy's, I would say, oh, my gosh, it's like this guy's talking to me. And I knew how powerful dream work was at that point because I'd been working with dreams at that point almost five years. So I was downtown in, in Boulder one day and there's a, some people will know Naropa Institute. That's a pretty popular, well-known university here in, in Boulder. And I picked up one of their catalogs for their workshops and I opened it up and there's Jeremy's picture. And I said, wow, he's coming to town. <laughs> so I got <laughs> super excited and I signed up for that. That was in uh, the year 2000. I signed up for the weekend workshop and the opening lecture. That's when I discovered projective dream work. And I was like, wow, okay, this, I, I've always enjoyed dreams and I know how powerful they are, but this takes it to a whole nother layer and a whole nother level. And it, it connects us in, in a different, more compassionate way. And so then from there, I, I continued to follow Jeremy whenever he came to the area. <laughs> I kind of became a Jeremy groupie. <laughs> and um, I got to know him. And then I had another dream called Dream Camp. And when I had this dream called Dream Camp, it inspired me to create the dream retreats, which you mentioned in the opening. And um, everything went from there. What fascinates me about what you just said about projective dream work, I never really made that connection. I only knew for myself the reason why I didn't really work with my own dreams was it annoyed me that somebody else would be able to interpret my dream for me. That always bothered me. <laughs> and so I never really did a lot with my dreams, even though I would have spaces of time where I was having really prolific bouts of dreams at night and I'd write them down, but I didn't want to take them somewhere where somebody else was going to tell me what they thought my, you know, this is what your dream means for you. So the fact that you just mentioned the Projective dream work takes it to another level that takes something that internally I've known, but not on a conscious level. I didn't realize that is why I find projective dream work so profound. Can you just take a minute to explain kind of maybe a little bit about the differences between projective dream work and what people call dream interpretation? Certainly. Um, projective dream work is a method of taking on the dream as though it were my own. So it's like um, when someone, someone tells us a dream, our only option is to imagine a version of it for ourselves. So if you tell me a dream about how you're driving in a beautiful car with a lovely dress and headed somewhere in the, in the dream, I, I might ask the questions and in the eye and say, oh, I'm imagining myself in the dream. What type of dress am I wearing? What color is my dress? What type of car am I driving? And then that way I'm, I'm staying in the, I, I'm imagining it for myself. Now, if I said, and then I can say, well, it, in my imagined version of this, my trip in the car with the beautiful dress, uh, I might imagine it might mean this part of, you know, what I'm discovering about my life of how I'm moving forward or whatever might come up. But if I say, well, you Julia, your dream, I think your dream means the minute I say that it becomes an accusatory tone and the dreamer shuts down. And it's, uh, if I say, you know, 
I think this dream has something to do with your relationship with your mother, for instance. <laughs> That's the classic one. Then the minute I say that, the dreamer's gonna gonna close down and not listen to anything else. Really, I have to say. Um, the other piece to it, though, that's so important is that when I make a comment about if in my imagined version of this dream, this dream might have something to do with my relationship with my mother, suddenly now I hear myself saying it in the eye. So it works for me. It goes both ways. The dreamer can take it or leave it. And I hear myself saying it and I say, oh, you know, the reason I'm making this projection could be because this is my issue. So it really becomes a transpersonal experience that way. And it also is safer because the dreamer doesn't feel as though they're on a hot seat and they're being attacked uh, by everyone in the group or whomever might be projecting on their dream. Yeah, thank you for explaining that. That is a really good way of delineating the difference. Can you speak a little bit to why... Usually the projective dream work is done in a group. As a matter of fact, that's where I met you was in one of Jeremy Taylor and yours last dream retreats in Colorado. And it was one of the most powerful, profound, life-changing experiences I ever had. So can you explain how working in a group can be such a powerful thing for a dreamer or even somebody who's in the circle? Yeah, thank you. I remember that retreat very well. Yeah, that was the last time I did work with Jeremy in person in 2015. And I thank you for um, your comments about that, because I'm, I'm glad it was a, a profound and moving experience for you. I, I, I'm never surprised at, at um, how deep the dream work gets. When, when we work dreams in a group, a couple of things are happening. One is that, that the dreamer gets the... Uh, the advantage of having a number of different projections on their dream. For instance, if it's just a group of four, then um, the dreamer gets at least three other uh, project per, uh, projections and, and comments. But if it's a group of, say, 25 or 30, which I think was closer to the number of when you attended yes. in 2015, then you get a really rich whole experience of hearing many different comments. And it's interesting how the comments will can uh, open up even more levels of the dream. The other piece to that is when we dream, we are tapping into the collective unconscious. And when we're in the, in the collective unconscious, it's, it's really profound what can happen. And, and what I've noticed all the years I've done group dreamer is every group tends to have a theme. Uh, we, as you know, we, we tend, we always, choose the names at random from pieces of paper on written names, written on, on pieces of paper and in a bowl. And we always say, trust the bowl because <laughs> whomever's name comes out tends to be the first dream that comes out tends to be the dream that sets the tone for the weekend. I remember your dream, I think came out. It first. was first. Yeah, it was first. It gives us an idea of where we're going. And then, and if you notice and over that whole weekend, there, the dreams tend to be like beads on a necklace. They kind of connect together. Now, this is the, the thing that really blew my mind when I first started getting deeply into dream work. Um, Dr. Ron used to say to me, uh, Billy, the more you do this work, you'll realize that every dream knows when it's going to be shared and with whom. And I said, wow, now that's quite a statement. But then I started watching more closely and he could not have been more right. I mean, we, we would have a group, for instance, and it'd be one person saying, 
well, I want to work on this dream I had when I was a child, you know, this 40 year old dream, I really want to work on it. And the next person says, well, I want to work on a dream I had last night. And those two dreams somehow connect. And you think, wow, how is this possible? Two dreams dreamed, you know, 40 years apart. And somehow there were similar symbols. There was, there was a similar theme. Everything is just really quite mind blowing. So those are the kind of things that can happen with groups. The thing that I find fascinating and that's with dreams in general and with the comment that your Dr. Ron made, it's almost like dreams themselves are the, are the keys to the collective unconscious. It's like the storehouse filled with riches and treasures. And all we have to do is be willing to gather and to share our dreams and, and, it's, I f- feel personally, it's one of the things that might be missing in our current society today. Dreaming, mm. dreaming societies, if I understand it correctly, have a much better handle on how to share dreams mm-hmm. and yeah. do it in a way with an eye towards how is this going to benefit the community? The dream that you're having, how does this benefit the community? Yes, very much so. I mean, I, if we paid more, you know, it, it's, that's why I'm so passionate about this work and why I work so hard at it and, and offer as many groups and, and, and events as I do, because I really think it's that important. It, it's that important that we all, first of all, that we all look at each other from a compassionate standpoint of, you know, imagining myself. And if I can't imagine being in you, then I'm not going to be able to ever have compassion for anyone else. So the the practice of imagining someone else's dream helps to build and, and inspire that compassion. Um, because I'm truly imagining myself as the dreamer. I'm putting myself in their shoes. Um, and there's that whole other piece that you're talking about is uh, we're all dreaming on many different lo- levels, every dream we have. And one of those levels is de- dealing with the collective dealing with the environment. There's been a lot of dreams lately about what we're going through with climate change. And there's a, there's an inspiration in a lot of those dreams. And my projection is that what is my role to help to, you know, reverse climate change in whatever way I can, what is my individual role in, and, and what steps can I take to make things better? I really appreciate you bringing forward that even though the messages may be coming to us from the collective, there's always something in there about what we can do individually to contribute to the solution, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it is said that problems cannot be solved from the same level of consciousness that created them. And I agree with you wholeheartedly that's why dreaming and dream work, especially in this way, is so important and, in my personal opinion, is a key to us perhaps finding our way through the or out of the current situation we collectively find ourselves in. You know, and that's the other piece to it that's so important, and this is something Jeremy preached often, and he was a preacher, <laughs> yes. as we know, but um, I wouldn't be dreaming about it unless there was a possible way to solve it. There would be no point for the dream to come and say, well, boy, you have this terrible problem. Geez, too bad. There's nothing you can do about it. The dream is always going to be a few steps ahead of our consciousness. 
So these are things that I don't know yet. These are things, some of the stuff I kind of know, but, and part of it is waking up that unconscious piece, but it's always going to be a few steps ahead of me. Things that I haven't even imagined yet in the dream. So collectively, I think we're all dealing with our concerns about the environment and our concerns about humanity and our concerns of, of the survival of our species. I mean, it just gets down to that. Playing not that that's a big thing or anything, <laughs> but it, it's the, the, that's how important it is. That's how important this is, is the dreams are coming with, with messages that are so important that, that will help us to evolve and change and not only individually, but collectively. Yes. We're going to take a short break right now. And when we come back, we're going to dive a little more deeply into that the individual side of it, how each person can work with their dreams. And I'm going to have you talk about the DreamWork Toolkit, so stay tuned. Thank you so much for sticking with us. And now we're going to get into a little, let's get a little personal with these dreams, because I'm sure there's some people out there that are wondering, well, okay, this information that I'm hearing, this conversation that they're having, I'm intrigued by it. What kind of tools do I need to get started? Yeah, well, that first of all, try to remember your dreams. That's important. Um, a lot of us just throw them away because I think there's been a a misunderstanding that dreams are meaningless, primarily because they're so difficult to understand on our own. So most people go, well, why would I write that down? That's just a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> but that's because I haven't learned. Yeah, I mean, it, and sometimes it comes through like that and it mm -hmm. feels like, oh my God, what in the world is that all about? If we get into the habit of finding some way to record them, and that doesn't necessarily have to be a journal with a pen or pencil. It can be a, a voice recorder it can be a sketch pad. It can be any way that it feels that works for you, that, that fits with you. Always have the materials ready, though. Another tip that I tell people to help remember their dreams is when you do have a memory of a dream, try to stay in the same position you're in when you wake up. Um, because the more you move and the more you uh, stretch and get up, you're going to start to lose the, the images of the dream, it's related to, to your body memory too. So if you're curled up on your side, stay curled up on your side and keep the covers over <laughs> you and, and start thinking about images of the dream that you remember. You're going to remember it. And this is another thing I tell people all the time. You're going to remember it in reverse. In other words, the last thing you're going to remember is what was the last, the first thing you're going to remember is the last thing that happened in the dream. So it's a little like catching a tail, a cat by the tail. You know, you just have to go, oh, right. And then that happened. And then that happened. And then come up with at least four or five symbols or four or five scene changes that happened in the dream and try to just block it out in your mind or, or select a title. That's another great way to try to help remember. And then once you've gotten up and gone to the bathroom and had your tea or whatever, <laughs> or coffee, then you can start you know, filling in the blanks with the rest of it, but try to just even make those quick little notes at little, I call them uh, roadmaps. And you can kind of give yourself a little uh, block out of the, of the, what happened in the dream. 
Um, so that's the first step is to, is to remember them. And then the next step is to find someone that you trust to share your dreams with. And the more often you share dreams, the more frequently you will remember dreams. That's how it works. So even if it's not a, just a, it, it doesn't have to necessarily be a formal group. It can just be a friend or two that you like to hang out with and have coffee with on Wednesdays or whatever and say, you know, when we get together on Wednesdays, why don't we discuss our dreams? And then if you trust, then and, and use the projective method if you're going to make a comment on someone's dream. But first of all, just share it and see how that feels. And sometimes just saying it out loud can give us a lot of ahas and understandings of what the dream might mean. So that's the first couple of steps. And then um, you want me to go into the toolkit? Please, let's give these people some tools. All right. So here, are the this is the toolkit that uh, Jeremy Taylor put together over many years. And believe me, the first book that I read of his that was written sometime in the 80s, he the the toolkit went on for about yes. four, four and a half pages. Okay, <laughs> yes. so, so after forty years, she's, you're like, I know, I've read this. So so you and which is beautiful because he'd had a lot of information in there, but it's difficult to to. He wanted to get it. He always said uh, many times. I saw him give the opening lecture. He says, I tried to get this down to one page. You know, one page, so it's easy to hand out at these kind of events. So I made it even smaller into a little like kind of bookmark card um, that I can hand out. But so he he brought it down to six basic hints, the six basic hints for DreamWork, also known as the DreamWork Toolkit. And you can get this on my website at wakeuptoyourdreams.com. And I have it under resources there if you if you're listening to this and you don't have a place to write anything down. But anyway, the first one is. And always the first one is all dreams speak a universal language and come in the service of health and wholeness. And there is no such thing as a bad dream. Only dreams that sometimes take a dramatically negative form in order to grab our attention. So that's, that's the number one big one is that if I always realize that every single time I have a dream, even if it's two or three sentences, we worked a dream with you the other day, Julie, that was yes. just a couple of sentences long, right? Two or three sentences long. And, and we can still get a lot out of it. So it's like, um, it's like a little nugget of information. And the deeper we go into it, it's amazing. Dreams can never be exhausted. But, but all, and the reason that, the, that he included this thing about sometimes the dreams come in, in a dramatically negative form in order to grab my attention is because a nightmare comes with the understanding of wake up, pay attention. There's a survival issue at stake. Mm -hmm. there's, some, there's something that I really need to know urgently. And the dream comes, and because we so often forget our dreams, the dream's going to come through in a way that I will remember it because we're all programmed to recognize and respond to danger. So anytime something seems threatening, I'm going to always remember it. And I mean, I'm sure many people listening have at least one nightmare in their life that they've never been able to forget because it was so it riveted, you know, it shook, rattled our cage is what I'm trying to say. So there's a, that's a really important piece is um, if I have a nightmare, it's important to, to see what's inside that because inside that dream, because um, it's a message that I really need to hear. So number two is only the dreamer can say with any certainty what meanings his or her dream may have. 
and this certainty usually comes in the form of a wordless aha of recognition. This aha is a function of memory and is the only reliable touchstone of dream work. So this goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. If someone says, Billy, I think your dream means, then that immediately dismisses me as the dreamer. It's going to take me a minute to figure it out because it's in, coming from the unconscious. It'll take me a while to to get it, to really go, oh, right, that could be it. But the uh, but the dreamer gets the final word. And believe me, it's there's nothing more pointless than arguing with somebody about what their dream might mean. <laughs> Yes, I've seen it done and it doesn't work. And then number three, there's no such thing as a dream with only one meaning and all dreams and dream images are overdetermined and have multiple meanings and layers of significance. And I like to say multi-layered, multi-dimensional. So that's another reason why working dreams in groups is so powerful because we can see all those different angles. We can We can understand that this is not like, for instance, this dream is not only about my right livelihood in the world. It's, it could also be about my health at the moment. It could also be about my relationship health. There's many different layers. And, and I often remind people that there's a past life layer often and sometimes and many times there's a ancestral layer. So it's, it's helpful to see those, all those different possibilities if I'm working in a dream in a group. One of the things that I've noticed about the working in a group is if over time, if you have a consistent group that meets, there'll be one person in there that tends to look at the health layer and mm -hmm. another person that tends to look at the archetypal meaning of things. And so it's kind of like you get this well-rounded, multifaceted view of your dream. So helpful and profound. I liken it to going into a multiplex theater and watching all the movies in the theater at the same time. <laughs> that's great. That's, that's a great, that's a great metaphor. That's excellent. But, but you're correct. There's, there, there are people who tend to uh, see that more often than others. Like um, a couple of dreamers I work with, they, they're very good at health layer uh, warnings and um, they're very versed in, in Chinese medicine. So they look at, you know, how much water shows up in the dream, how much wood, metal, those kind of things, those elements. And they'll say things like, well, if this were my dream and I was going to my acupuncturist, I would mention this dream and how heavy it was with metal. And uh, am I out of balance with that in my, in my life mm -hmm. and my system? So yeah, exactly. There'll be pe people will tend to constant, uh, certain dreamers will tend to concentrate on, and I know other dreamers who often go for the, uh, around, look, seeing the past life layer as well. So yeah, it, that's why groups are powerful. Yes. Number four, no dreams come just to tell you what you already know. All dreams break new ground and invite you to new understandings and insights. And this was the one that was really hard for me to learn <laughs> as a dream worker. I, I kept thinking, oh, I know what my dreams mean. I've been doing this quite a long time now and I can probably figure it out, but no. What happens is when we try to work on our own dreams and, you know, we can get to a certain layer with our dreams on our own and it can be very helpful and very powerful. However, I'm going to tend to always tell myself stuff, tell myself stuff that I already know. So that's why it's always advisable to go to a trusted friend or a trusted dream group, whatever, um, to be able to see what I can't see about myself. 
And one of my heroes, Marie-Louise von Franz, she said, you can't see the back of your own head. So that's why it's important to share our dreams with others so we can see that part, the parts of us that are still in the unconscious. Well, and I often wonder if this this concept of not being able to see everything for ourselves is on some higher level by design. Mm-hmm. You can't. It's in the same way that when I'm in the middle of something myself, even though I can read perfectly fine and help other people get clarity about situations in their life, I can't see the forest because I'm in the middle of it. Exactly. Exactly. We can't read. Yeah, we can't. Our in, uh, we can have intuitive hits, but we yes. don't normally have those intuitive hits directly about our life and about our, our you know, what's up ahead. So, yes, th- there's a, exactly, there, there's a, a, by design, I believe, as, as well, because I think that's part of the reason why our dreams are so difficult to understand is because they're supposed to be shared with others. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be a solitary pursuit. You know, no, exactly. It just doesn't, it, it doesn't, I, I will all, I will continue to tell myself what I already know. And when we bring our dream to others, it breaks, it totally breaks that spell. And <laughs> it brings us in. I mean, because a lot of times when I work my dream, my dreams with my good dream worker friends and we, you know, we, we just sit around and, and do collages and have a, have some food or whatever. And we're just the whole time t- talking about a dream that we might've had. And we'll share and, and project. And then when they make a comment on my dream, I always go, oh, you know, if that was somebody else's dream, I would have seen that. <laughs> but I can't see it in my own dream. I'm like, you need, oh, and that's another great line from Jeremy was, you know, that that's a really big one. We are uniquely and selectively blind to our own dream material. So we, we will always be that way. And it is, I think I agree with you, Julie, it's, it's, we, we are going to, it's by design. We we need to share with others. Yeah. You know, when I was getting certified through the Marin Institute too, I, you know, you, you have to work certain number of dreams. And I remember working and the same theme would come up and Jeremy would always make the same gentle comment. <laughs> he would just make this observation and he probably had to make it half a dozen times before it actually sank in. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, 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 it's like that. And then I had the aha. Right. So, but he came from a place of such compassion and and patience. It's like, okay, eventually she'll, she'll she'll get this. The dream is an infinite, unlimited source. Yes. And it can show me anything at once. So why would it bring me the same message again and again, unless I haven't gotten it yet? (laughs) So so it's like, it's going to be the symbol. Here you go, Billy. Here's the, we're going to bring mm-hmm. you this one more time, just one more time. And it's like, and 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 then you're like, I keep having this. Why do I keep having this dream theme? It's making me crazy. But when we step back and go, wow, how, thank you, Dream World, for showing me this once again because yes. I certainly didn't get it the last seven times you sent it. <laughs> yeah, it's so, one more time to infinity and beyond. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. infinity and beyond. That's <laughs> Okay, so there's only two more out here on the yes. um, on the toolkit. So number five, we've already sort of talked about, but I'll read it how, it, how it appears here. So when talking to others about their dreams, it's both wise and polite to preface your remarks with words to the effect of, if it were my dream, and he changed that later to, if it, in my imagined version of this dream, 
and to keep this commentary in the first person as much as possible. This means that even relatively challenging comments can be made in such a way that the dreamer may actually be able to hear and internalize them. It also can become a profound psycho-spiritual discipline, walking a mile in your neighbor's moccasins. So, yeah, that's what we were talking about before is how when we use the you and then accused with an accusatory tone, it does, it will shut down the dreamer and the work mm-hmm. stops at that point mm-hmm. in my version. And also, as, as I said before, I hear myself saying it. So I realize that the projection works for me too. So it goes both ways and we, and it does truly become transpersonal at that, t- at that time. Yes. And then the last one is about pretty it, about propriety and, and, and confidentiality. All dream groups should agree at the outset to maintain anonymity and any dis- in all discussions of dream work. In the absence of any specific request for confidentiality, group members should be free to discuss their experiences openly outside the group, provided no other dreamer is identifiable in their stories. However, when any group member requests confidentiality, all members should agree to be bound automatically by such a request. That helps to everyone to feel safe. And when I tell stories about someone's dreams, if someone has given me permission to use their name, I will use their name. Some people I know they've written articles <laughs> about their dreams and stuff. <laughs> so I know that they that they're public with it. Um, but I never share um person's name with, uh, connected to a dream or a dream image unless I know that um that that they're okay with it. It it helps everyone to feel safer with sharing. And then there is that other piece that's really about the strict confidentiality that's really important because, you know, say I'm a dreamer that says, okay, now I'm going to tell you the story about when I embezzled all that money, (laughs) but I don't want this to leave there. We have to, we have to go out because, you know, maybe we projected on the dream going, well, if this were my dream, (laughs) there's something about I'm taking more than I deserve. Uh, Anyway, it's just a joke to, to be silly, but but the, but there are uh, oftentimes there are things that come up about people's family lives or about their past um, that comes up during the normal discussion of the dream work. And they want to go deeper and talk about it more, but they really want to keep it to the, to the people in the room. So as I said, if it's a group of 10 or whatever, those people need to understand and take that seriously and and not mention the dream to anyone else and to allow the dreamer that privacy. Yes, I do believe that that's probably one of the most important components to this that would allow people to feel safe when they came into the circle to go ahead and share, number one, their dream, and number two, whatever their projections might be. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So thanks for the toolkit. We're going to take another brief break. Be back in a moment. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us today. Um, as I mentioned before, my uh, website is wakeuptoyourdreams.com. So private sessions and groups. And then um, I'm also doing a wonderful project with some friends of mine, uh, Viviana Guzman and um, Royce Fitz. And we host a podcast called Healing Dreams Project. 
and we do a variety of things. We work dreams with, with the guests. We interview people who are our dream workers and different experiences that they've had with dreams. And we also provide uh, little dream symbol moments about certain dream symbols that everybody might have and what they might mean. And last but not least, I also help people train to become dream workers. It's called Rocky Mountain Institute for Projected Dream Work. So on the website, you'll see at one of the buttons, it says RMIPD. Click on that for more information. And, and I take on students um, throughout the year and try to help people learn how to become dream workers. No, I don't think you try to help people. I, <laughs> I feel like you do help people become better dream workers. So, Billy, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to share your wisdom and your insight with my listeners. And I've already asked you this, and I'm so glad to say that you will be back. And uh -huh. there's so much to talk about with the dreams, and I'm happy that you're going to be able to do that. Well, thank you so much for inviting me, Julia. This has been a wonderful conversation. Your dreams carry helpful messages relevant to your spiritual growth, physical survival, and our collective understanding. Don't be selfish. Grab a notebook and pen and start writing down your dreams. Until next time, may you remember your dreams. And if you liked what you heard on this episode, please... Share it with two friends so we can bring more light to the world. <laughs>